You're listening to the Run Pass Option with Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce and Doc Holliday. We talk sports because we know sports. All right, how are you? Welcome to another episode of the Run Pass Option with Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce and Doc Holiday. I am Doc Holiday, and I'm rolling this thing solo today because I got some things I want to talk about, some things I want to talk about ASAP. Now, the NBA playoffs have finally gotten underway. We had some play-in games, and to tell you the truth, the play-in games, that little play-in tournament was extremely entertaining. We had some good basketball being played. Outstanding basketball being played. We had some emotions exhibited by some teams, specifically the Minnesota Timberwolves, who won their play-in game and was able to move on to face my Memphis Grizzlies in the first round of the NBA playoffs. And that brings me to this episode. Because I want to talk about my Memphis Grizzlies. In case you don't know, everybody, I am from Memphis. We call it the M. I can't say I didn't grow up a Grizzlies fan because the Grizzlies just got here at uh, – they only been here 20 some years. When they get here in 2000, I think, something like that. So, but I've been a Grizzlies fan since then. And the Memphis Grizzlies got something special going on this season. We've had an outstanding season, winning a franchise best 56 games ending the regular season, 56 and 26. Franchise best 56 wins. Got our highest seed ever going into the NBA playoffs, the number two seed in the Western Conference behind the Phoenix Suns. So the Minnesota Timberwolves, they win their playoff game, play-in game against the Clippers, so they move on to play us. The Timberwolves, the seventh seed. The Grizzlies, we the two seed. So game one is played Saturday at FedEx Forum here in the M. Now, of course, everybody expecting great things, especially here in Memphis for the Memphis Grizzlies because we just finished an outstanding Regular season, we have one of the best young superstars. Now, we have the best young super, well, one of the best young super. No, the best young superstar in the NBA with John Morant. He can do all these amazing things. So, uh, and Minnesota comes in the number seven seed. Of course, the Grizzlies, we're favored because we're the number two seed. Straight ball, and I mean, playing some great basketball here this entire season, but it's the playoffs. Grizzlies facing the Timberwolves, hadn't played in about a week. Now, you know, Minnesota played the play-in game, so they had just played a couple of days ago. But it doesn't matter. We're not using that for an excuse because uh, Minnesota came in here, and I got to give them credit. They gave us their work. They gave us their work. They come in here and take game one at FedEx Forum, a very loud and crowded and packed FedEx Forum, a place where the Grizzlies play extremely well. But they came in here and gave us that work. They win game one impressively, 130 to 117. And I said impressively because we have a young team. They have a young team, Minnesota and the Grizzlies. The Minnesota and my Grizzlies, two of the youngest teams in the NBA. We have a young superstar, John Morant, the number two overall pick in the 2019 NBA draft. They have a young superstar. Anthony Edwards, the number one overall pick in the 2020 NBA draft. And those two big-name players came out and played big time. I mean, they balled out. Anthony Edwards putting up 36 points, 
dishing out six assists when he was on the court. They was plus 12 when he was on the court. And the fact of the matter is, dude is unguardable. Dude is a problem. He and John Morant are a lot alike as far as attitude is concerned because Anthony Edwards is, isn't going to back down from anybody. He's going to go right at you and try to kill you. John Morant is the same way. So those are the two big names, the two young superstars, and they showed up and showed out. Anthony Edwards did what he ought, what he's supposed to do, going for 36, but Ja doing what he's supposed to do as well. He scored 32 points, eight assists, and what Ja was doing was attacking that, he was attacking that Minnesota Timberwolves defense because that's what he does. He got to the free throw line 20 times. He went 16 or 20 from the free throw line, which means Minnesota's game plan was to foul him. Minnesota game, Minnesota's game plan is to be physical with them. How I know? Because they point guard, Pat Beverly, who prides himself on being a quote-unquote goon on the court, a very aggressive and physical point guard, he had five fouls. So he was going to guard John Morant tough and try to be tough with him and on him, but John Morant still did his thing, 32 points, eight assists, but the Grizzlies just couldn't do anything about how well the Minnesota Timberwolves are playing, man, because they came out. Not only did Anthony Edwards give us 36 points and six assists, and yes, I'm saying us because I'm from Memphis. I'm from the M. I love the Grizzlies. But I am going to be fair and give another team credit who, even though they beat us, Minnesota was balling. Anthony Edwards did his thing, man. Carl Anthony Towns, I mean, oh. He finished with 29 points and 13 rebounds. When he was on the court, they was a plus 16. And the thing about Carl Anthony Towns, man, is that he, dude is, young fella is so athletic and has so much confidence in his ability, man. Now, we have Jaron Jackson Jr. Jaron Jackson Jr. led the NBA in blocks this past season. He had seven blocks in game one. But that did not stop Carl Anthony Towns continuing to attack him and he posterized him on the dunk. Man. And it's really nothing you can say. And you can't be mad. And it's not even embarrassing. I don't even understand why basketball players, people say they get embarrassed when they get dunked on. If you're in the NBA or college, you're probably going to get dunked on, man. These are the best athletes in the world. Now, the way DeAndre Jordan dunked on uh, uh, Brandon Knight that time, now, that was disrespectful. Now, you should be embarrassed about that. But almost any other time, man, cats going to dunk on you. And Carl Anthony Towns, he got him. He got Jaron. Even though Jaron Jackson Jr., man, best defensive player as far as block shots in the league because he has seven blocks, man. One player, seven blocks. But Carl Anthony Towns got him because Carl Anthony Towns came to play some basketball. He played some basketball. And Pat Beverly, we talk about him because, you know, hey, he deserves to be talked about. He's a tough player. He's one of those players, man, you can't stand his ass if he plays for the other team. But when he plays for you, you love him. Whether you're on his, on, your, on his team, you love him. Or if you're a fan of, of the team that he's on, you love him. Because he's loyal and he's a tough dude. And he doesn't bag down from anybody and he's going to try to agitate you. And he's going to punk you if you let him. It's professional sports, man, at the highest level. They're supposed to try to punk you if you let them. That's what they're supposed to do. But he finished with 10 points, six assists, five fouls, which means he was playing aggressive. And Minnesota just gave it to us. They just gave it to us. Now, John Morant led the way with the Grizzlies with 32 points, as I said. Dylan Brooks, 24, 24 points. 
And Dylan's, you know, Dylan is a good player, man. But Jaron Jackson Jr. gave us seven blocks, but he had 12 points and four rebounds. And the fact of the matter is, Minnesota's big two were better collectively than our big two. And our big two is Jaron Jackson Jr. and John Morant, the two J's, J and J. There's his A and K, Anthony and Carl. Edwards gives Anthony Edwards gives them 36. Carl Anthony Towns gives them 29. So that's 65 points combined between them two dudes. Compared to compared to 44 from our big two. So our big, their big two outscored our big two. 32 plus 12 is 44. 36 plus 29 is what I just said is 65. Outscored us by 21 points. Now, even though Dylan gave us 24, but he's not our big two. And not only that, their bench outscored our bench 43 to 23. And only three players off of their bench scored. But their bench still outscored our bench. Not 43 to 23, I'm sorry. 43 to 32. Their bench outscored our bench by 11 by 11. I said 23 because that's how much Malik Beasley scored off the bench for Minnesota. Jaden McDaniels gave them 15 points. And for us, I think Brandon Clark was the only bench player that for us that had over uh that was in double figures. But Minnesota came out and set the tone, man. They scored 41 points in the first quarter. Now, this is the Grizzlies team. Now, a lot of flash. But we still like to be known as grit and grind and tough, man, and play good defense and tough defense. And Minnesota just wasn't having any of it. They come out and score a franchise best, set a franchise record for points in the quarter with 41. And they did it in the first quarter. They set the tone, and we really couldn't come back after that. Not only do they score 41 points in the first quarter, which is the franchise record, they ended the game with 130 points, which was also a franchise record. And I don't care who you are, man. You can't be giving up 130 points in the playoffs and expecting to win a ball game. Defense got to get better. More intensity has to be shown on the defensive end. And we're not going to use any excuses because that was Anthony Edwards' first playoff game. And he went for 36. The Grizzlies made the playoffs last year. A lot of them don't have a lot of playoff experience, but they made the playoffs last year. But Pat Beverly is a, a veteran of playoff. He has a veteran of playoff experience. And they came out dialed in. 41 points in the first quarter. Straight overwhelmed us and dominated us. Now, the series is not over. I mean, it's disappointing that we lost the first game, but the Grizzlies lost the first game, but it's, the series isn't over. Now. I know a, a lot of Grizzlies fans are upset and what the coach should have did and he should have did this and he should have did that. Hey, man, this is the same coach that led us to 56 wins in the regular season. Now, you can say, yeah, the playoffs is a different monster. It is a different monster. Do a lot of players take, Regular season games, that's serious? No. But 
still go through a season and win 56 games, man. Now you gotta you 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 gotta you gotta dial it in in, in the playoffs now. You got to. And the problem is, is that a lot of times when you get to, in the regular season, a lot of times NBA players, I watch them, man, the Grizzlies uh, uh, suffer from that little bit. You see, a, you see a cat taking a shot instead of you hustling out there to contest that shot. You just say, ah, maybe he'll, maybe he'll miss, but if he hit, we get another chance on the other end. Now, bro, in the playoffs, you got to contest everything. Every shot you got to go to try to go out there and get it. You're probably not going to block it, but at least try to mess up their, their, their sight vision to the rim. You can't take any possessions for granted. You can't take any shots for granted. You can't take any rebounds for granted. You can't take any turn, loose balls for granted. You can't, man. Everything has to be ratcheted up all the way. Everything has to become 100 times more important than they are during the regular season. Pre-game warm-up. Everything, man. You got to be focused. Don't look, don't pay attention to nothing in the stands. I know a woman came and chained herself to the goal. She was protesting something. So that can be a distraction. But instead of you looking at that, you can't worry about that. You got to get right back to the coach or get with your teammates. Okay, man, we need a game plan. How do we do this? It's a, it's a mentality thing. It's a mindset thing. And the Grizzlies could have came out a little overconfidence. A little overconfidence. Playing at the crib, number two seed, one of the best players in the league, even though Minnesota has one as well, has one as well. But you go in with a little cockiness and a little confidence, man. We didn't want 56 games, bro. We have the crib, it's packed, it's crowded, it's loud. FedEx form. That's the thing about Memphis fans, man. We love our teams, especially when they winning. And if y'all have never been to Memphis and been to a Grizzlies game in the FedEx form, that joint be rocking, especially in the playoffs. Memphis fans, we show up and we support because these games and these, these moments mean more to us than any other NBA city in America. These games, especially when we make the playoffs, mean more to us than any other NBA city in America. Why? Because we love to have good, positive things happen to us. We appreciate it. I say we have more appreciation for it because our city has went, been through a lot. Our city still goes through a lot. We get criticized, don't get the credit we deserve. People talk down about us. So that, that, that makes us jump in a cocoon and say we Memphis from the state of Memphis. So we get defensive when you're talking about Memphis, but we also love our squad and love our city. ESPN Countdown comes to Memphis. I mean, it goes to other cities, but we have more appreciation for it. It's a big thing. Articles get written. Stories, packages get told on the, on the news. Because we love that kind of positive publicity. So these games mean more to us. So we pack it out. We get emotional. We be invested in these games and in these wins and in these losses. So Taylor Jenkins, the Grizzlies head coach, gets some criticism. But, hey, man, he got us there. So we got to roll with whatever he does and roll with what they do. But got to give Minnesota some credit, man. They just came out and balled out. They jumped on us. And the Grizzlies got to get, get more from Steven Adams. Now, he's an NBA vet. He gave us zero points, three rebounds, no blocks, and four fives. 
Once again, Stephen Adams, our inside presence now, because we don't need him. We don't look for him to score. But you got to play some defense as he gets it. Three rebounds and zero blocks and four fouls. He was horrible in game one. As good as he is and as good as the support system he's been, he was horrible in game one. Big dog, got to he got to give us at least one block. You got to give us more than three rebounds, man. But they beat us by 13. They bench outscored us by 11. And we allowed them to shoot 50% from the field. Got to play better defense than that. But anyway, it's just game one. So, but I got to give props to the Timberwolves, man. They came in and balled out. Anthony Edwards, man, I ain't got nothing but love for you, bro. Carl Anthony Towns, nothing but love for you, man. Pat Beverly, nothing but love for you too, bro, because I love the way you play. I love your attitude. To hell with them cats, man. They ain't supposed to like you, dog. Other teams not supposed to like you. You don't have to be dirty, but I ain't calling. I'm, I'm not saying he is, but they ain't supposed to like him. He's supposed to go all out for his squad. Them the kind of dudes I want to I want to ball with. Because when I was playing football, I was all out for my squad, man. I'm trying to fight everybody else on the other team. Never trying to hurt them, but I'm trying to fight them, and I'm trying to get the best of them. So that's what Pat Beverly does for the teams he plays for, so that's why I got so much respect for him. And you know who else I got some respect for? T. Morant and Carl Anthony Towns' dad, man. To see those two black men everywhere supporting their sons, I salute that and I love that. People might have something negative to say, but why? I love the fact that T. Morant got in the ESPN cameras. I forgot what he said. Memphis, Memphis or something like that. Just game one, man. But the way he support and loves his son and he's out there, I love it. Because Ja Mama be at the game too. Nice little, great little solid unit. But both of them always there supporting their sons, man. So to see them hug each other up like that ain't nothing but love because it's competition. I salute that and I love that. But Minnesota got us in, in game one. Y'all got us. Y'all deserve to get us, man. 41 points in the first quarter, 130. We couldn't stop y'all. But we'll see how it goes in game two. I expect the Grizzlies to win game two. I do. I expect us to play a whole lot better, too. I, hope, I expect us to play with a whole bunch of more intensity and dedication, and a whole bunch of more right nowness. Like right now. This possession got to get it right now. Defend this shot, got to defend it right now. Hit this shot, let me hit this right now. Box out, I got to box out right now. Set this screen, let me set this screen right now. Right nowness, got to have that right nowness, man. So we'll see. Game two is Tuesday, FedEx form. Gonna be packed out, rocked out. I hope to be in the house, but we'll see. If not, hey, I'll just watch. And another, you know, and, and another playoff series I want to talk about right quick because I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to, I got to say something about Errol Spence Jr., man. God dang. Uh, but Golden State, they started their uh, uh, playoff series. They beat the Nuggets 123 to 107. So we know how good and how dangerous they can be. But this is the thing about the Golden State Warriors, the three seed in the West. Three seed with the 53 and 29 record. Phoenix Suns, the one seed with 64 and 18 record. Think about Golden State, three seed. 
They got started 123-106. You expect them to beat the Nuggets because they had the best player. Uh, do I want to call Steph Curry the best player in the NBA because Kevin Durant is fun? But Steph Curry playing his first game since March 16th. And I said it. Steph Curry playing his first game since March 16th and Golden State Warriors still finished with as the three seed. But he came off the bench. Only played 22 minutes. Steph Curry, 16 points. Three or six from the three-point range. And I'm only leading, talking about Steph Curry because he's Steph Curry in his Golden State. Talk about Golden State, got to talk about Steph Curry. But the thing with Steph, came off the bench. He asked to come off the bench, though. Because he, you know, getting acclimated. They said he was on the menace restriction. But he wasn't the story of the game. Clay Thompson wasn't the story of the game. Draymond Green wasn't the story of the game. And this, this is what's kind of scary about these cats, man. Steph Curry, the best shooter in NBA history, Clay Thompson right up there with them. Neither one of them the story of the game. Now we look at Steph. Like I said, he came off the bench, scored 16 points, played 22 minutes. Three or six and three points. Clay Thompson scored 19 points. Five of 10 from three-point range. Draymond gave him 12 points, nine assists, six rebounds. Doing what he does, three blocks. That's the core. The core that's been around, brought them them championships. The core that's still around together. But the story of the game is the young fella. Jordan Poole. Who? Jordan Poole. Who? Not, 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 not. The actor dude, Jordan Poole, the young fella from Michigan, he went off 30 points, five of seven from three-point range. So that's the thing. You, now you're talking about Golden State now. When you talk about Golden, when you talk about Golden State, you're immediately going to think about Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond Green. You're supposed to. You're supposed to. If you think about three-point shooters, what you going to say? Steph Curry. Best three-point shooters in the league. Steph Curry, of course. Next one. Klay Thompson, of course. Yes. But Jordan Poole took over. 30 points. Now, hold on, bro. Not only that, Poole has hit an NBA wreck best, NBA best. 78 three-point shots, shots since March. Let me say that again. Jordan Poole has hit an NBA best 78 three-pointer since March. He has hit an NBA best 78 three-pointer since March, playing on a team with the best two, but with the best three-point shooters in the NBA. Man, that's scary as hell, dog. That's scary as hell. You getting somebody that's deadly from behind the three-point arc, just like Steph and Clay is. Now you got the young fella coming in doing that, bro. Oh my gosh, man. Because Jordan Poole started because Steph Curry is coming off the bench. Man. Jordan Poole's playing his first playoff game too. 
No, Curry was out with ankle, foot, whatever it was. My gosh, bro. But not only that, Golden State played great defense on Nikola Jokic, who's probably the NBA. That dude, that's so cold. Big dog, he cold. But damn, dog. Man, if this young fella, if this young royal keeps shooting from behind the three-point arc, like, man, God dang, dog. This dynasty would go in the state. I don't think it ever went anywhere, but it, it may continue on, man. Because if you put Poole together with Curry and Thompson and Poole keeps shooting like this, I don't know what you can do, man. And as well as they were shooting, I still, I got to give credit to Draymond Green and Kevon Looney, man, for, for, for putting that defense on Jokic. They made it tough for Big Dog. Frustrated them a little bit. But Golden State, the way they played, and before I, mo I move on, this what really got my attention as well. They went to a small lineup. They only played this lineup for about five minutes. And you know, when they was winning them championships, they were playing that, that, small, that, that small ball stuff. And it was winning, getting up and down the court, man, running you, shooting threes, dropping them on your head. But they went to a small lineup against the Nuggets. That lineup was Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins, and Jordan Poole. Now they only played them together five minutes. And in that five minutes, they outscored the Nuggets 14 to nothing. So you don't think you're going to see that again? You don't think people are going to see that again? Even Poole, the young fella, has to say that the combination of him and Klay Thompson and Steph Curry is pretty lethal. They shooting like that, it is, bro. It is pretty lethal. And I think they also said, you know, just this small lineup they went is pretty scary. Yeah, it will be pretty scary for other NBA teams, man. Man. But Golden State, hey, that's what they do, man. That's what they do. Well, shout out to you, Jordan Poole. Oh, that ain't the actor's name. Is it's Jordan Peele? His actor. That's that's the actor's name. My bad. Is it Jordan Peele? Peele and what's the what's the other corny dude that be with him? Peele and somebody. But anyway, yeah, Jordan Poole. Salute to you, young Roy. Your first playoff game and you put it up like that, man. Then you had the confidence. Then the veterans give you the confidence and the green light to shoot that thing like that, to take the shots, to give you the confidence to take the shots. That says a lot about the vets on the squad, man. So that means he's earned their respect. Because you have to earn it. He's earned it. And speaking of respect, Mike, man, come on, bro. Did anybody watch the, I'm going to ask a question. Did anybody watch the Earl Spence Jr. fight? He fought your Dennis Ugas. Anybody? Dog. Anyway, Earl Spence Jr. beats your Dennis Ugas. TKO in the 10th round. They had to stop the fight. They stopped the fight because Spence broke his right eye socket. It was closed shut. He couldn't open it. Broke his eye socket. Now, Uga said he wanted to go on, man, but there's no way in the hell they were going to let you go on with a broken eye socket. And this ain't the first time Earl Spence Jr. broke somebody's eye socket. Earl Spence Jr., man, let me tell you something. Welterweight. 
I, I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, uh, I'll put him with the best welterweights ever, man. Because I have never seen anybody be able to place their shots exactly the way they want to place their shots like Errol Spence Jr. does. He literally paints people's faces and bodies with his, with his, with his shots, man. Dude, like he has a red dot connected to his eye, his eye and his right on his right fist or his left fist. He is precise with his punches. And Ugas a tough dude, but I knew he wasn't going to beat Earl Spence. Earl Spence on a whole different level. But I got to give it to Ugas. I think in round seven is when he got caught. Spence caught him with a left uppercut, which was perfectly shut. I mean, perfectly placed. Ugas' eye swole up right away. That left uppercut was, was, was that mug was crucial too. His eyes shut up, swole up right away. But the dude fought three rounds after that. And dog, let me look, man. I used to box. I played football, but I used to box too. Man, to be to continue to box and your eye socket is broken. And cat it casts it. They're supposed to keep trying to hit you in, hit you where you hurt so you can quit. My man from Cuba, man, tough. 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 And I gotta give it to Ugas, man. Even though he lost to the best. I don't want to call. I want I gotta see Earl. I gotta see this. this I gotta see Spence fight Crawford. And anyway. In the sixth round, man, gotta give it to Ugas. He caught Spence with a right hand. I, I want to say to the chin, but it was like in the in that jaw ear area. And Cass, no, if you fighting, Cass hit you with your in your ear. Oh, bro, you losing all sense of balance. You losing everything. Ugas caught him. And Spence kind of looked up like he was kind of out of it. Now, if Ugas would have could have came with a right and caught him with a right, he probably would have, he probably would have put him on to sleep. But Spence so tough, he can eat a punch too. But he caught he caught Spence in the sixth round, man. Sent Spence to the ropes. But Spence just that dude, man. He just that dude. And to see Uga, see his eyes swole up like that, but that's a that's a it ain't no scary looking sight. But you hope he doesn't have permanent 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 damage, man. You hope he doesn't have permanent damage behind him. But to fight for three more rounds, man, and your eye socket is broken, and cats dialing in for that spot and still popping you on that spot, and he ain't he didn't quit now. The doctor had to look at it and stop the fight, and he said he wanted to keep fighting, and I believe him. So Earl Spence Jr., you get all the credit in the world for me, my boy, my guy, my brother. Young Royal, because you're younger than me, man. You are a great fighter, bro. Like Lennox Lewis says, you are a pugilist specialist, because Lennox Lewis used to call himself a pugilist specialist. Remember when Lennox Lewis came to fight Mike Tyson here in Memphis, man, and had Mike Tyson uh, apologizing to Lennox Lewis. Mama wiping, wiping sweat off Lennox after the fight. 
After all that noise he talked and Lennox put that work on him. But Earl Spence Jr., you are a pugilist specialist. I know Earl Spence was supposed to fight Manny Pacquiao, but had, I think I think he had an eye injury or something, had to pull out of that fight. And Ugas stepped in and put them hands on Pacquiao. I think Spence suffered an eye injury during training or something, had to pull out of the fight. And Ugas, was, they said he was ready in 11 days. He filled in. So I'm wondering how that worked. They must have told him, look, Ugas, you're going to be the fill-in fighter, man, in case something happened to one of these other fighters. Because for your ass to already be in shape, it has to have been something already in place. I ain't going to even lie to tell you how I know how that boxing works, because I don't. But I know great boxing when I see it, because I used to box. And I used to fight a lot. That's why I have so much credit for them, because you ever been in a fist fight? Fist fight for one minute. Watch how tired your ass is. So imagine boxing for three-minute rounds. Man, shit. Ooh. So I have all respect for them dudes because they're in the best of shape. But anyway, Ugas stepped in and, 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 and swole Pacquiao up. So he gets to fight with Earl Spence. He done moved. I mean, Ugas, all, all credit to you, man. You're a tough fighter. Very entertaining to watch. Earl Spence just on a different, he's just on a different plateau, man. He's just a different dude fighting at the crib again. Earl Spence Jr. Hey, look, bro. I was wondering how you were going to come back after that car accident, but hell, I don't know if they put some uh, 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 Steve Majors, Bionic Man, no, nah, but you was already scrapping like that before the accident. So now we got to see Earl Spence Jr. versus Terrence Crawford. Come on, man. Y'all got a cool plan. Y'all got a cool plan to make that happen because Bud Crawford is a cold dude, too. Y'all got to make that happen, man. When boxing used to be on Wide World of, uh, Wide World of Sports, from ABC, on, on, what was it? No. ABC, back when I was a kid, when you could watch Tummy, Tummy Hearns and Sugar Ray Leonard and Roberto Duran and uh, 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 Marvin Hagler and all these dudes on network TV, man, them dudes fought each other. I know y'all trying to get as many fights in before it make as much money because one of y'all going to have now, one of y'all ain't got to lose, though. It could end up in the draw. But we got to see Earl Spence Jr. and Terrence Crawford, man. Come on, dog. Ain't nobody else to fight. Because that's the division now, man. That division there, boy. But when Earl's, man, hey, look. I'm just saying, man. Earl Spence Jr., Terrence Crawford, man. Y'all got to make this happen. Make this happen. But salute to you, Earl Spence Jr. I got to call him Earl Spence Jr. because there must be a, it's an Earl Spence Sr. right there. Give him his credit. But Earl Spence, hey, bro. I ain't got nothing but respect for you. But Ugas, I got respect for you too, man. But Spence, damn, dog, you be fighting your ass off. Terrence Crawford, you be fighting your ass off. Put it together, man. Matter of fact, y'all come on the show and uh, come on the run pass option and announce it. Y'all fight. I want to see that. Because you all are two pugilist specialists, like Lennox Lewis said. But anyway, thank y'all for listening. Make sure y'all subscribe and share the run pass option with Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce. Also, I got a talk show, the Doc Holiday Show. Go on YouTube and subscribe to it. It's all about the uplift of the black men, black women, black team, black child, black royalty, the black magically mulling. They just go check that out. But anyway, 
Thank you all for listening to another episode of the Ron Pass Option with Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce and Doc Holliday. I'm out.